The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Well, isn't it reassuring for all of us to know that love never ends? Doesn't it give you like uh, just a breath-giving moment when you think about uh, people that you love and animals and pets that you've said goodbye to in your lifetime, knowing that there's ways and means in which you can still communicate with them and be aware of where they are and how they are. And in that essence, that Love is eternal and truly ongoing. Well, you're in for a tremendous show today with the vibrancy of Sunny Dawn Johnston. She is uh, author extraordinaire. She's known all over the world of, by her ability to do psychic readings. She taps into the angels. Uh, she has so many tremendous gifts that are life-altering for so many people uh, today, and especially those that are hurting and needing answers from losing people on the physical dimension. Sunny, welcome to our show today. I'm so glad that you're here with us, and thank you for doing the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you so much, and thank you for having me and creating the platform for us to be able to share this kind of work. Absolutely. Well, it, it, it's my pleasure, and I um, I just love how uh, you're able to help so many people, uh, especially people with, you know, undone things or what they believe is incomplete uh, with people that have passed, died, and are on the other side. Um, how did you get in into this work? Uh, you knew right away that that you were different. Did you know how different at the time? You know, I, I think on some levels I did and other levels I didn't. You know, I, I started having experiences at the age of 13. I, uh, I woke up one night in the middle of the night and I saw my guardian angel and that started the process and then I started seeing spirits in our house and um, a little little lady that's um, husband actually died in the house years earlier. I used to see her. So I knew things. I wasn't, you know, whatever normal was, I wasn't that. Um, but it, it took me a good 15 years, actually, to embrace it. You know, I had moments of, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. And then I had a lot more moments of, I just want to be normal. And, you know, growing up in Salt Lake City, Utah, I didn't have uh, a support system. I didn't have people I could talk to about it. I didn't have, you know, when, when my friends found out or when I asked them, um, all of a sudden I didn't have friends anymore. So it really became a, a really strong push and pull for me where I would have experiences I couldn't deny and and I could feel how powerful they could be, and yet there was this 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 conflict in my head of, no, don't, you know, don't do that. Don't be so different. Don't be so weird. Just fit in. So it took me till I was about 28 to actually step in, embrace it, and then start truly doing the work from an authentic place. Well, that that's a beautiful story. And, um, and what's interesting for me is that um, I could have said exactly all those same words that you just said, 
Um, and um, I went into full-blown sobriety from 28 to 29 years old of finally mm-hmm. surrendering to accepting the gifts that that I had been given at, at birth. Uh, not exactly in the same ways that you exercise your abilities, but more in a level of energy and um, a shamanism and a, as a healer. And I, I think it's just important, and I, I elaborate, um, because I, I certainly there's so much to talk about with your book and your, your other books and those kind of things. But I think it's an important subject because there are so many wounded healers out there now that have all these gifts and talents and I don't think they understand uh, because I think you'll concur with me that there was more pain with holding back than there was with moving forward. Was that the case with you? Absolutely. You know, I think the fear of stepping into it was um, equal to the pain that I experienced by not being who I really was. And so that fear kept me from it, but it was exactly what it was that was creating the pain, you know. And so a lot of times it's that, you know, just, just step into it, just take that first step. And when you take that first step, your angels and your guides and your loved ones and uh, will, will support you in the next step and the next step. But for me, I couldn't see a way to to fit in and and be who I was, you know, to to have this experience and see angels and, and see deceased energies. I see was seeing auras around people and, and then not talk about it. So to me at that time it was either shut it down or you got to go, you know, into the, the crazy world because that's really what it was considered at that time. You know, in, in the 70s and 80s, especially in Salt Lake City, Utah, there was no metaphysical section. There was no new age groups, you know, it was, my mom actually was a part of um, a a group of people that got together and they would meet in each other's homes at different times because it was kind of an underground type of thing. Like they, you know, it wasn't announced. It wasn't out there in the world like it is now. And I'm so grateful to the media in that sense to have shows like this that have really expanded us. Uh, But at that time there wasn't. So to me, I, I went for what I thought was easier at the time, which wasn't easier. Right, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, anything pre-Shirley MacLaine coming out uh, was a whole different world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, she, and, I, and I remember her, I mean, you know, I was young. I'm 44 now, so I was young then, but I remember her being on Donahue, and I think I was maybe 10 or 12 or something like that, or maybe even 14, and everyone around me talking about how crazy she was and thinking, oh, my gosh, and I'm kind of like her, you know? So, Absolutely. So that was not a good sign. <laughs> There are many uh, New Age bookstores or New Thought bookstores uh, across the country that today still attribute uh, her work and her her uh, movie Out on a Limb uh, because mm-hmm. she was such a famous celebrity, and therefore it, it's not like people could discount her gifts. Do you know what I mean? Right. Because she just had she had so much credibility that it kind of helped break that that paradigm um, a, a great deal. Uh, and help people move forward. Well, um, do you find as you use your psychic abilities and your abilities to connect with angels that uh, the more you use it, the more you have? Absolutely. Exactly. I always refer to it as it's like a muscle, you know, and so we have to be consistently using it in order for it to develop and grow and get stronger. And uh, what I've found is that oftentimes people feel like they can just kind of tap into it or want to just tap into it when they want to. And it's really something where it takes a a commitment and consistency to really develop it to a level where you just absolutely trust the guidance that you're getting. And that's the question people ask me all the time is, you know, how can you be so trusting of what's coming through? Well, I've been committed and consistent with my spiritual practice for 16 years. So it, it, before then, I was in and out and up and down, and when it was really bad, I was on the floor talking to my angels, but when I thought things were okay, then I was ignoring them, you know. So, But for the last 16 years, that muscle has grown to a point that 
I, I have no doubts, even when I don't like what it is that I'm being guided to. I still have no doubt that that is for my highest good. I like that you, I like that you call it a, a muscle because you're so inspirational. And that was one of the things that as I thought about, you know, having you on the show that I felt like was such a highlight was to encourage people to move forward to the next step because it is a muscle. You know, it is something that um, a lot of people will see someone like you or, or me and, and think that, you know, we just landed on the earth with what we're doing now and nothing could be further from the truth. It's taken years of developing, putting our whole selves in, uh, taking risks, putting ourselves out there, um, and moving forward in order that these things become more and more realized. And to get that validation back externally um, makes makes a big difference. So you've been doing hundreds of readings for clients um, uh, for the past 15 years, right? Yeah, I have. And, and, you know, I think, I think that's an important point to make for everyone is, and I, I was just talking about this yesterday with someone, was people think that those of us that do this work, whatever that is, that, that are special and that, that only certain people can do this. And, and I think that a lot of people have that idea or that belief system because, um, you know, back in the day, not, not as much now, at least in my experience, um, you know, religion taught us there's only certain people that have this ability or that ability. And, and it's really come to a place where we recognize that that spirit within each one of us, as we are spirit embodied, everyone is special. Everyone has that gift. But... If you don't listen to it, if you don't pay attention to it, if you don't follow it, then that gift isn't going to grow. That muscle isn't going to grow. And so I think it's really important to remind everyone that that you, I, those of us that do this work, we are no different than anyone else. The reality of it is we've just had enough experience and probably got into enough pain that we could no longer deny that specialness within us. And I think that oftentimes that's how people get there. And so... My suggestion would be, don't wait for that. <laughs> you don't have to be on the floor. You know, for me, I, I literally was on my deathbed um, and, and had been told, my doctors had said, you know, we don't think you're going to make it through the night and you need to sign your rights away to your son that I had just had three weeks earlier. Uh, that was one of my um, uh, um, choice points, basically. And, and even that, like you'd said when you were 28, 29 and you got sober, that's when you really um, stepped into this. Well, that happened to me when I was 18. And I still didn't have the ability to follow through to the level that, that I could have because I wasn't, I wasn't ready. I, I guess I hadn't gotten deep enough in it yet to really recognize um, you do have a specialness in there and it's time to let it shine and not keep covering it up. Yeah, there, there's something also, don't you think, that uh, when you know you have gifts when you're when you're young, um, it 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 it's like really come into the place uh, of allowing uh, the gifts to be used because you, you you feel like in a sense you're giving up part of your life, uh, but the bigger picture is that you never get to experience your life until you really surrender to you know what you were created to be it's like it's like trying to be a lemon tree when you're an orange tree you know i mean it's just right exactly emotionally it gets made to be complicated um when life is pretty go with the flow but we tend to make it you know complicated um that's for sure but i i know for me it felt like there was a like a loss, like, uh, you know, I want to have fun and I want to do this and I want to do that and I don't want to be weird. Uh, as you referred to, of uh, you wanted to be normal, you know, and like everybody else. And there's, it's not, it's not possible. I, I read somewhere there are no chosen people. There are people that have simply chosen to, to be committed oh, I like to their that. Own path. Isn't that good? Yeah, yeah, there, there are nice. no chosen people. Only people who have chosen um, to live mm-hmm. to live their their path. Um, when did you start writing? Well, 
Uh, I started writing about four years ago. Uh, well, I wrote a, I did a co-authored book in 2006 um, called Find Me, which is with the organization I work with uh, for um, we work on missing persons cases uh, internationally. And so I did a co-authored book where I just um, participated in part of a chapter. But when I actually started writing my own book, my first book was uh, published in March of 2012. And, uh, and, and since then, I've written a lot. So I've, I think I've got eight books or nine books now. Um, so I've, I've really kind of, as much as I didn't like writing and found it to be really very challenging for me. I'm more of a talker. Uh, I've found that it's been also um, there a, a great way for me to to share information and 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 be kind of in my own calm place. You know, I'm I'm kind of a little busy and go go go, and so writing has been a good way to channel some of the energy within me. And you can find out about uh, Sunny's. Um, books by going to Sunny Dawn, S-U-N-N-Y Dawn Johnston, J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N dot com, and you can find out all about her and the number of books that that she has. Um, when we come back, Sunny, um, let's delve into um, some experiences, some personal things that have happened with people that have actually had readings and how they have been able to catapult to the next level. Does that sound fun? That sounds great. Absolutely. All right, everyone, and thank you for tuning in, and we appreciate your immense support of Unity Online Radio, uh, supporting us and being a voice for a changing world and offering them programs just like these that are now just featured everywhere Thank you for uh, sharing these shows on social media and spreading the good word. We'll be right back after this short break. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit. 
Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Sunny Dawn Johnston. That's her website as well. And we have been delving into her path and uh, how she has come into her experiences as a psychic. And her book, her newest book, The Love Never Ends, uh, Messages from the Other Side. Uh, Sunny, this is uh, a very exciting book, and you give such a wide range of, of stories uh, in which you communicate with spirits and guides and, and other peoples as as well. Um, share with us a, a story or two that it really comes to your heart uh, that has occurred that you have mentioned in the book. Well, it, you know, uh, one of the stories that I think was really profound, and, and I wrote about this in the book, was a young man that I um, had worked with. Uh, he was diagnosed with cancer at the age of 18, and he was just a beautiful young kid, and I had a son at, that was his age at that time, so I was even more sensitive to it. So somebody called me and asked me to come and do some energy work, and they didn't know any, his family was not into this kind of stuff at all, but nothing was working. The medication was not working. The painkillers weren't working, and so they, somebody said, try Reiki and try some energy work, and so I went over and, and I, wor- I ended up working with him for five months, and actually... Um, Reiki, hands-on energy were the only things that took his pain away. Um, None of the medications would. So I worked with him for five months. And we had a conversation one day right before he passed, and he said, you know what, I'm just tired, but I don't want to disappoint my mom and dad. And I said, oh, honey, they won't be disappointed. They know how tired you are. You just need to talk to them and let them know. And I knew that that conversation would be the last time I'd see him because he did have that conversation. He he passed a couple of days later, but we had talked about the fact that when he passes, he will come and he will give you signs and he will show you show you um, a variety of different messages. And so about a week later, he actually came through me and I channeled this beautiful letter um, to, to his family and I actually included it in the book. And it was profound, the messages that he shared of things that I didn't know about any of the family and, and specifically saying, Mom... Please pay attention and be present and know you don't have to do everything for everybody. And um, it was so um, powerful. It was such a sad process. You know, I think we, we struggle more with the death of younger people simply because they haven't had the opportunities in our, in our way of seeing things to experience as much as somebody who's, who's lived a lot of, of life. And so that part was very emotional, but at the same time I thought, oh, my gosh, he's teaching so much in such a short amount of time. What an amazing bright light, you know. And so that was a very heartwarming, cool, cool experience for all of us, really. And were th- was his family, I mean, w- obviously it's so tragic. Were they open uh, or, and did they become more convinced than ever because of the things that you were able to share? Well, this is the thing that was interesting is before he passed, he met with every single person individually. And he told them, he had told me he was going to do this, but I didn't know if it would actually happen. But he told each one of them that he wanted all of them to work with me so they would learn how to be able to discern his messages once he passed. And so maybe a month, six weeks later, I actually came to the house and all of those people that he had that conversation with, including like his brother who wasn't open to it at all, they all came and they listened to what I had to say and some were really excited and had a lot of experience and were open and some were still very um, hesitant and closed, but they all made an agreement with him that they would do that, and they all followed through. Wow. And that was such a cool thing. I mean, when I'm like, okay, when I die, this is what's going to happen. You know, like, <laughs> I thought that was such a great way to, to not, not to guilt them into something, but certainly to expose them to things that maybe they weren't ready to or wouldn't have done on their own without his nudging. But because 
we'd had so many um, very intimate conversations about the spirit world and, and what the process would be from the perspective that I have as a medium. Uh, he was convinced that his family would need some help being able to recognize that he was with them. That that had to play just such a, a tremendous part on, on their journey because, um, as we know, especially with younger people, um, the people that are remaining often experience such fragmentation or, or soul loss, if you will, energy loss. Um, I've seen it many times. And I, I bet you were able to see that because of that comfort and that validation and them feeling that literally love never ends, um, they were able to maintain themselves um, through the grief process while at the same time uh, not doing an incredible amount of aging with their with their bodies is that is that what you you found yeah you know actually one of the actually his his and what was beautiful was his mom and dad were divorced and the mother and the father and their new significant others all gathered together for all of the, the, the entire process. All four of them were together, which was beautiful. Um, and his mom and stepdad actually uh, were uh, runners, and they started running in marathons. So they actually turned into kind of being more mindful of their health and feeling more physically healthy. I'm certain part of it was witnessing a young man you know, lose his health made them want to um, hold on to theirs. You know, in a in a in a in a greater way. Did you have you had? Oh, I'm sure you have. It's it's kind of a, a, a even a. Let me restart. Um, I'm sure along the way you've had times when things were incomplete with people. Do you have a story that you know generically it can be mentioned where? people have had a new revelation or a healing because they might have had perception or a misunderstanding and through the other world reality, it was able to be cleared up? You know, I I think what comes to mind when you ask that question absolutely is suicide. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and unfortunately, in, in, in my own personal life, um, over the last six years, I've had three suicides uh, close to me. Um, wow. and, and then I've worked with a lot of people that have come to work with me um, ha- who have lost their loved ones to suicide. And I think that in that situation, there's so many unanswered questions. Uh, even when people write notes, because you can't you can't ask the question. You know that whatever they wanted to answer at that moment, that's all the answer you have, and it usually is not um, very explanatory. And so, I think that uh, when I've had clients that have come to me, and or even in my own personal life, um, the experiences that I I have have been able to help them understand is 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 what has brought them more peace. So, for example, um, you know, one of the experiences I had personally was uh, my, one of my friends who was my husband's best friend, uh, he, he passed away, he committed suicide, and he, uh, he was in a very, um, there's a lot of dynamics happening in his life. And he left three, three sons, and one of those sons was my son's best friend. So we were very intermixed. And when I... Um, when we found out that he passed, I actually, we were called, probably the third people that were called, so we were there immediately after. Um, and when I, I, nobody wanted to go in, and when I walked in to just turn the lights and everything off so that his um, girlfriend and parents and, and, and us could leave, there was this dense, heavy, low energy that I associated, the, the feeling I got it didn't feel like him, but it felt like the shameful, guilty parts of him. And, um, and so I, you know, I, I, and literally, like, I felt like he was trying to push me out the door, like, don't come in here. Um, and obviously, the, the, he had shot himself, and so there was, there was physical evidence of that that is certainly difficult to see physically. Um, but what happened that was amazing was the next morning, um, that feeling of kind of a haunting almost was what the energy felt like. But the next morning I, I got up, my husband got up, and we both felt 
like we needed to go to the house and that we needed to clean it, literally physically clean up the mess, but also clean up the energy. And I'm the energy person. My husband's a physical and I'm the metaphysical. And so I went in for an, about an hour by myself and I did a clearing and I called in the angels and I did a blessing and I, I did a green fire and I did a lot of different things to move that energy. And then my husband came shortly after that and together we physically cleaned the space um, where he where he died. And what we discovered was that space that was so ugly and where there was so much pain in his death was now sacred space. Um, it was his last moments, whether, whether they were, you know, tragic or not, um, you know, challenging or not, this was where his physical um, body was left and he went to spirit, which is a sacred gift. And uh, so very shortly after that, I called his girlfriend. I, she wanted me to take some clothes to her because she was never going to go in that house again, you know, understandably. And mm-hmm. um, I said, you know, you might just want to come over. The energy is different. And, and she did. And she lived there for a year and a half longer. The, wow. the energy was completely changed. And it was such a beautiful gift. And, and so what I recognized is when I walked in that night, it was the vibration of shame and guilt, and it was palpable. Uh, and when we brought the light and the love and the peace and the angels and, and we really looked at the, the higher vision of who this soul was, then he could then be released to move forward. But he had the shame. He didn't want anybody to see what he had done. That's a beautiful story, and um, and with reference to what you're saying, actually, when these kinds of cleansings and things have not been done over violence or suicide or murder or whatever it is, um, the next person in there that that becomes part of that experience that is a sensitive person can sometimes even visualize, you know, what has occurred uh, because that energy is still still in the in the field. Um, Curiosity, um, Sonny, um, do you feel um, with the readings that you've received and things like that, I mean, suicide is a much uh, more uh, known topic that that we talk about now. I, I don't know if it's that actually that many more occur or because we are so advanced that we actually know you know, that they occur. Do you think that mm-hmm. individuals that make that choice for whatever reason, okay, um, are they surprised when they get to the new place and and see that they still are with themselves? Is there some kind of epiphany or something that, that occurs? I mean, are they going through a stage one to stage two? I have my own ideas of it, but I'm just real curious as to, you know, what you think about it is kind of like, you know, oh, the places you'll go, you know, Dr. Seuss. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. it's like you well, know, I, yeah. I still took me with me. Imagine, I still have to mm-hmm. deal with me here. Um, yeah. Okay. Can you allow so I think that? Yeah, I think part of it is based on what their belief was when they left. Okay. So if they were brought up in a religion that taught them that they were going to go to hell and um, and you know and all that comes with that, then I think that absolutely there is a aha, like oh, this is different because in my experience, and I can only speak from my experience with those on the other side, um, is that. They do have that, what, what a lot of people refer to, and I do as well, as a life review where they have the experience of feeling all of the feelings that they imparted onto those around them from, from mm-hmm. beginning to end. And it's, it, in our time, it would be, you know, a, a flash in time, but they actually are impressioned with all of those feelings. And then for, for those that have really struggled in a lower vibration physically here um, in physical world, my experience and the way they've explained it to me, and I've never gotten a better word than this, is that they go to a healing space. And in that healing space, I've been able to tune in to actually see, but all I can see is light. So it, it, this, the sense I have is it's almost like it's a space where the light beings are, are just infusing that, that spirit with love. And in that process, they have to process 
Now, not in the way that we would, but process through all of the experiences that they just took in that were imparted on others because now they see the, big, the greater picture. They see the greater vision. And I don't have a time frame of how long we're in that healing space. I don't know. There have been times I've checked in on my grandma at times and, you know, she, she, um, she was still in the healing space seven years later where then there's been other people that were, were out of that space like five years later or two years later. So, and, and, and I'm measuring it with time in our world because I don't know how to talk about it in that world. Um, and so I, I do think that many are surprised, especially based on um, their beliefs, because so many people had such shame around their actions that when they experience the energy of spirit and that unconditional love and have the support to then heal through that, it's remarkable. Mm, that was so beautifully put. And I, I so appreciate you going out on a limb and, you know, talking about that a little bit because I, I, I think it's an important and, um, because love never ends. <laughs> our relationship with yeah. ourselves, we just, it's there, you know, in whatever form we're in, there we are. And, um, I think sometimes people would like to avoid, you know, the journey they have with themselves, but we're going to pick it up in one way or another. And, um, mm-hmm. well, and yeah. some people I think feel that they, that they're going to be punished for it. And that's yes. not what it is. It's an expansion of where we were and just expanding on the foundation that we have. And we've still got to move through it. I also think some people have the vision that as soon as you pass, everything's perfect and wonderful and, and, and beautiful, and there is all that love energy, but it, it doesn't negate the journey that your soul is on, and, and there is a learning, you know, an expansion to that journey, in my experience. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's beautiful because I'm in such sync with, you know, everything that, that you're saying, and even if you weren't, it would still be great. But I just, yeah, I mean, it, it's like, you know, some people won't even put in the energy to wash their car in their entire lifetime, and they, they perceive they're going to some kind of golden gates and just be taken care of for the, for the rest mm-hmm. of eternity. It's it's a pretty interesting uh, thing. I, we're just grateful um, Sonny Don Johnston for the work that you're doing in the world and for those of you that are enjoying uh, this message today please take the time and forward it over to your friends on social media so more people can know about uh, these incredible insights and conversations that are so important in today's times for for us to have uh, please join me on templehays.com and also our conversations on unitycampus.org. We'll be right back after this short break. Thank you for being with us. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Pop culture is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as modern popular culture transmitted via mass media and aimed particularly at younger people. But can it be meaningful? spiritual even the hosts of pop conscious think it can be and that it can be fun to explore too malena don and stacy macris ross will be your amateur cultural anthropologists examining pop culture and spirituality every monday at 2 p.m central on pop conscious on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world
We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone. And we are just getting uh, a lot of bright light today from a woman named Sunny. What a divine appointment that is, as we're talking about being a psychic, being a medium, being able to connect with people, that the love never ends. Um, Sunny, uh, you do a lot of readings for a lot of people, uh, no doubt, and yet you're only one. Uh, do you believe that people have the capacity to connect with their loved ones themselves? Are people, most people that gifted if they would develop or work with the muscles they have? Yeah, you know, that's exactly why I wrote the book was uh, I wanted to give a different perspective and I wanted people to recognize that you, if you had a heart connection with a loved one that is now in spirit, then you actually are the very best medium to that being. Uh, as a psychic medium and the work that I do, I can channel that information for you, yes. But I'd like to help support and empower people in recognizing that you're actually the closest energetically to them than I am. Uh, I, I know how to do it. I can be that telephone, but you already have the telephone in your hand. You just know how to, you have to know how to dial it, you know. You just know how, have to know how to listen. And so I think that so often people give their power away in not recognizing that if you've got that heart connection, that, that's the whole purpose. Love never ends. You have that connection. So what we come back to then is, yes, developing that muscle. Uh, we come back to a place of opening up to learning a new language. You know, one of the ways that I kind of explain how this works, and, and it's not exactly how it works, but it gives people the ideas, we have, we have to imagine that our loved one um, who's passed on has moved to China and, or anywhere far away. And, and, and when they moved to China, you knew they were moving to China, and you know that they're there, but you don't, have any, you don't have any pictures of them. You can't necessarily talk to them on the phone. But you can telepathically connect with them. You can tune into them if you will learn Chinese, learn their language, their new language now. And it's a reminder, too, that not only do you have to learn their language, but you also have to be present enough to be paying attention to the way that language is showing up for you because it might not be as simple as just reading a word because you've got all kinds of symbols. And so the, um, the message that I heard, this is kind of an interesting story. When I was writing my book, I was almost done with the book. I think we were actually in editing. And, um, and when I am, one of the ways I get a lot of my messages is in water, swimming pools, tubs, washing my hands, doing the dishes, water just is a thing for me. And I'm a fire sign, so I don't know why that is, but I'm sure somebody could explain it to me. So, um, so I was in the bathtub, and normally I keep my iPad and a notebook and a pen next to the bathtub all the time because I, I'm always getting messages. But this particular time I must have cleaned out my bathroom for some reason. And I heard these words, and literally I jumped out of the tub and I ran across the across my bedroom and across the hallway into my office to write down what I'd heard because I knew I would I would lose it. And what I heard was you cannot focus on their absence and experience their presence. Mm, you cannot think, focus on yeah, their I'll absence and experience their presence. And I, I got chills all over my body and I was like, oh my gosh, that's like such a powerful, beautiful message. And, and then I went, got back in the tub and noticed that my son had four friends over across the hallway. Luckily, hopefully, none of them saw me running across the place naked, but it was that important of a message. And, and it's so true. You know, um, we focus on the loss and not on the, the gifts. We focus on them not being here instead of the ways they can be here. And when we do that, we miss the experience bottom line. And so what I've discovered and what I really try to teach in, in not only in the book but in my classes and, and, and workshops is that when you are present, when you are tuned in, connected, aware, you will have the experience, the presence of your loved ones on a much stronger and deeper level than if you are focused on their absence. And it, it, 
it was so clear to me. I was doing a fundraiser last year uh, for hospice. I'm a hospice volunteer. I started doing that um, 17 years ago when my ex-mother-in-law died, and I was with her when she passed, and it, it literally changed my life. And so I was doing a hospice um, fundraiser, and I was speaking at this, at this event, and one of my clients was there who is on hospice, and so was his wife there. And I made that statement, you cannot focus on their absence and experience their presence. And she came up to me afterwards, and she was just crying. And she said, Sonny, that sentence is going to change my life. And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm so glad. It's not mine. You know, Spirit gave it to me. And she goes, no, you don't understand. She said, ever since he went on hospice, which was like four months earlier, I have only focused on his absence, and he's still sitting in front of me right now. Mm. And I said, oh, man, that's, that's powerful. And so it can be a reminder on either end, you know, if they've, if they've already passed or if they're in that process, instead of focusing on the loss of them while they're still here, let's focus on them being here. Absolutely. Uh, do you feel um, when we are communicating with other people or our animals that have passed, are they happy to hear from us? Absolutely. I, I think that I think that there are times when, especially in the beginning, they are really connected with um, with our energy for a variety of different reasons. Part of it, they're doing their work. Um, part of it, they have uh, concern. They're sending love. They're wanting to support. Um, but I also think that um, they like to receive those messages of love and support. However. This is what I tell my audiences. If you are someone, like we all have that person in our lives that is the one that we go and stop by their house, but we don't want to really go by and stop by their house. You know, they're like, okay, I got to go, and I'm only going to be there for 15 minutes, and we do it out of obligation. <clears throat> or that person that we call to just to check in on them, but we don't really want to even talk to them because they're so negative or they're so angry or whatever. And everyone has somebody like that in their life at some point in their life. So the way that Spirit has, has said to me is, you know what, make, make us interested in something happening in your life. If you are down and depressed and angry, whether that's about their passing or anything else, they're not interested in hanging out with you. Because it doesn't feel good. Just like we're not interested in calling the person that doesn't feel good to us. Um, and so they always say, you know, have a celebration, dance, play, lighten up, um, put music on, do things that raise your vibration. That, that brightens our light and that attracts them to us. But if you're in a very low vibration, although they could understand, of course, that, you know, if, if we're feeling lost, then we may have some sadness, but they don't want us to feel lost. They don't want us to focus on the absence. So we've got to bring an energy to our lives that makes them interested in connecting with us so we're not the ones that are like, oh, yeah, I don't want to go hang out with them any longer. <laughs> and it's kind of funny, but uh, it makes sense, too. I'm like, oh, when the first time I heard that, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I get that. <laughs> I think that's uh, just such a great way of putting it, um, and and it's so true. You know, like a, some people aren't even interested in certain people when they're living, and yet they seem to want some kind of deeper relationship after the person has passed. I've always yeah. found that yeah. kind of interesting. Or they'd say, yeah. oh, well, you know, now my, my parents can be together forevermore, and they're going to be so happy uh, because they were never happy when they were together vibrationally that that's not even possible is it it's just like when your vibration changes on the walking the earth point you no longer run into certain people that you used to because the energy right. is so different between you um what's your thought about that yeah, that's exactly my thought is um, <laughs> that that might make you feel better in your head, but the reality of it is that it, it's like radio stations. And if we're, if we're tuned in to 95.3, we can't hear what's on 100.7 mm-hmm. and vice versa. And so, yes, there may be parts that go, okay, well, now everything's wonderful because they're there. But the reality of it is if they didn't like each other here, they probably don't like each other there. And not, not because... 
they have any animosity, but because they're not in the same vibration. They wouldn't tap into that energy. And that's right. disappointing sometimes for people, you know. They have a hard time hearing that. And, and uh, you know, I can't, I can't make shit up. You know, excuse me, I can't make stuff up. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because, because it's important to say it the way it comes. Um, and I think that, you know, if, if people really just start tuning into their own personal relationships, you know, I just two weeks ago, well, actually a, a couple of days ago, um, my oldest son, who's 25 now, um, we just buried his very best friend. Uh, he died in a motorcycle accident. And <clears throat> it was, of course, shocking and tragic and sudden and all of those things. And this kid was just a beautiful kid. He was just one of those kids that, you know, it's like the saying goes, you know, it's always the, the great ones that die. And he was one of those great ones. And um, I, I, I was reminding my son, I said, pay attention because he's going to show up for you. He's going to show up for you. So you just got to pay attention. And, you know, I could talk all day long, but it's not about me at this point. He knows what I do. It's he wants, to, my son wants to have his own experience. And, but he wasn't, he wasn't feeling like he was. And so the morning of the funeral, um, his, his friend's dad gave him one of his jerseys. And so everybody wore football jerseys to the funeral. And so they had stopped at Starbucks on the way to the funeral to get a drink. And my son had on his best friend's jersey. And it, and it was um, a 49ers jersey. It was Joe Montana's. And uh, a guy came out, the, the guy that works there, came out from behind the, the um, ca- cash register and said, hey, buddy, I've got your, dr- I've got your drink. And he's like, oh, okay, I want whatever he wanted. And the guy said, no, 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 I mean, I got your drink. Like, I'm going to buy your order. And my son was like, "What? why? And he goes, because you've got that jersey on, the 49ers, Joe Montana. I love them. Nobody ever wears them. And I got you, bro. So this is the interesting part is that night before my son and I sat at the kitchen table for three hours writing his, because my son got up to, to speak on his behalf, and one of the things that was a theme throughout the entire talk was, I got you, bro. And so it was a message from his friend in a way that he could hear that will, I believe, keep him close to him, and and, and now he's had his own experience. But again, you have to be present. You have to be paying attention to – now, that sign was pretty big, but – be present and pay attention to see those signs. And then it brings this peace. My son called me immediately. Guess what happened, Mom? And, you know, the very hardest day of his life, that moment, there was grace and beauty and ease and peace. Wow. That is such a, such a great story. Well, it's, it's been so great having you on the show today, uh, Sunny, and just continued success for you and all your um, your eight books that you've written, and I'm sure there's many more uh, to come. This is such a subject that's near and dear to all of our hearts, is knowing that the love never ends, that's for sure. Um, be sure and check Absolutely. out Sunny's website, sunnydawnjohnston.com and find out more about her and how you can connect with her, reference to her blog, her upcoming events. She's a very active person making a difference in the world. Thank you, Sunny. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Oh, thank you so much. It was my pleasure. All right. Bless you on this journey. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. At Metaphysical Romp 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, 
Why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. Repeat the words, God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel and that God is the doer of good works through you. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'll light a candle in your name. There's an Irish proverb that says, your feet will bring you to where your heart is. I'm Ted Collins, Dean of Unity Institute and Seminary, and I hope you'll join Unity Friends next spring as our hearts lead us to Ireland itself. We'll see the sights, enjoy the people, and learn about the many spiritual connections between Celtic and Unity traditions. I invite you to join me and other Unity Friends on this wonderful journey to Ireland March 31st through April 9th. Go online today and take advantage of our early booking bonus by visiting unityinstitute.org slash travel.
I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.